Okay, we're ready. Oh, we're going to look at, this morning at, at at David and you and uh, this King David or whatever. When you when we start out here, he's not much of a king uh, in the eyes of some. But uh, let's go to uh, oh, let's start right here. <clears throat> now. Uh, We have so much information in the Bible about David, you know. And what's funny is if you start looking at the kings, if I'm stretched out, you got First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, all this about the kings. And after the last king, basically, there's nothing for a little while, and all of a sudden, whoop, Jesus is here. Okay, and even he's called the son of David. But when you stretch this long line of all the Israelites' kings, you had Saul was first, and he was a loser real fast. Then there's David, and there's all this stuff about David. And it's not for fun and games. It's for you and I to look at and go, you know what? I am like David. I get it. God will help me like he helped David. You know, some people think David just, well, he, he, he got in trouble one time. That was so fleeting. It was, it was. And David knew he had mercy and we all have to have mercy. So don't name your immoral life or, or whatever, the things you feel like you're just so depressing to heaven, that's just an excuse. Jesus died for every one of us. It's just, and you need to just march on and go on and, and watch these blessings. Now, the Philistines now mustered their army for battle and camped between uh, Succoth and Jude. In other words, Gunnersville and Arab or something, whatever. And anyway, all this place. Saul, that was the first king of Israel, countered with a buildup of forces at, you know, Bluntsville. Okay, whatever. So the Philistines and the Israelis faced each other on opposite hills between the, the in other words, the valley between them. Then Goliath. Now I tell you, you can do a little history and stuff like this, and this is the, the neat thing about knowing, even though Christians are made fun of, the Israelites are made fun of, they'll say, well, those stories in the Bible, they were just, those were made up stories. They were, the story of Genesis was, that was just folklore. It was not folklore. It's not God created all this stuff. Man can close their ears to all. But anyway, back you can do your own little research and in museums and stuff, there's evidence of giants that were in this land. It's amazing. Even in America, they've got places where they've got tombs of that these guys have and like, how tall was this guy? Well, here we go. Goliath, a Philistine, a champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was a giant man. Now watch the facts. Over nine feet tall. Okay. He wore a bronze helmet, a 200 pound coat of mail. That was just, you know, just a protective overcoat. You know, you couldn't get a spear through that thing. Watch this. Bronze leggings and carried a bronze javelin several inches thick. Now, he's talking about the, the long part. Several inches thick. Here comes the head of this thing. Look at this. Tipped with a 25-pound spearhead. Man, I couldn't throw that between here and Bob. <laughs> Bob you know, I can't get it to him. It, that's huge. The spearhead, 25 pounds. So watch what happens here. <clears throat> uh, let's see. His armor bearer walked ahead of him with a huge shield. He stood and shouted across <clears throat> to the Israelis, Do you need a whole army to settle this? I will represent the Philistines, and you choose someone to represent you. And we'll settle this in a single combat. If your man's able to kill me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you must be our slaves. 
I defy the armies of Israel. Send me a man who will fight with me. When Saul and the Israeli army heard this, they were dismayed and frightened. It scared them. David, the son of aging Jesse, a member of the tribe of Judah who lived in Bethlehem, had seven older brothers. The three oldest, you know, we'll just call him Ed and Al and, you know, Steve. They had already volunteered for Saul's army to fight the Philistines. David was the youngest son and was on Saul's staff on a part-time basis. Now, did you catch this? He was already working for the king. He'd run back home and help his dad, and then he'd run back and do some things for King Saul. One thing he did for Saul was he played his harp, and it it calmed Saul down. Remember those stories? Watch what happened. So anyway, David was the youngest. Okay, part-time. Let's see. He went back and forth to Bethlehem to help his father with the sheep. For 40 days, twice a day, morning and evening, the Philistine giant, Goliath, watch this, he strutted out before the armies of Israel. One day, Jesse said to David, take this bushel of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread to your brothers. Give these cheese to their captain and see how the boys are getting along and bring us back a letter from them. Now, let me stop here just a minute. I hear people, nobody here, but some folks that I talk with, whatever, and, and, and they go, we can all read our Bibles at home. Oh, well, I know, but are we? You know, you're fixing to get a boatload of information from God just in a moment's time. You'll carry this out here to help you the rest of this week. Helps me a million times over. Anyway, he says, take this food, give it to the captain, you know, and then check on your brothers. Saul and the Israeli army were camped at the Valley of Elah, so David left the sheep with another shepherd and took off early in the morning with the gifts. He arrived on the outskirts. Now I want you to know, we're talking David here, and I don't hear one little peep about, you know, he woke up early and read his Bible. He prayed on the way. It was just a day that some sort of miraculous thing was going to happen. No, David's going to look at this situation and go, how come nobody is getting rid of this clown? And that's where we have to be today. Don't put up with your problems. Don't feel like, you know, well, for some reason, I guess this is happening to me. Attack it. Get the monkey off your back. Now watch David. This is very interesting. Watch it. So anyway, he left the sheep, you know, and got his gifts. He arrived at the outskirts of the camp just as the Israeli army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. Soon the Israeli and the Philistine forces stood facing each other, army against army. David left his luggage with a, a baggage officer, hurried to the ranks to find his brothers. As he was talking with them, he saw Goliath. He'd never seen Goliath. Whoa, look at this guy. Uh, Step out from the Philistine troops and shout his challenge to the army of Israel. As soon as they saw him, look what was happening here. As soon as they saw him, the Israeli army began to run away in fright. Have you seen the giant, the soldiers were asking. He's insulted the entire army of Israel. And have you heard about, now this is interesting because this is what David is thinking. Have you heard about the huge reward the king has offered to anyone who kills him? The king will give him one of his daughters for a wife, and his whole family will be exempt from paying taxes. Let's see what scared David does here, because the Bible's full of things about David, and we're going to be like David, okay? So let's see how scared we really are supposed to be. Well, we're not. Verse 26, David talked to some of the others standing there to verify the report. What will the man get? No, David, 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 David. You should be talking about that coat of mail. It was 200 pounds. That spearhead was 25, I mean, 25 pounds heavy, whatever. And his, David didn't care about any of that. 
He knew something that we're supposed to know. So David talked to some of the others to verify the report. What will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his insults to Israel? He asked them, who is this? Look at this. Heathen Philistine. Who, who, what do you mean? Who is he? He's nine feet tall. And we have only estimates about David right now. He was too young to be in Saul's army. Well, man, we take them in the Navy years ago. People would sneak off and lie about their age. They were 15 years old. So we got to have him below there somewhere. Okay. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine, King James? Anyway, that he's allowed to defy the armies of the living God. And he received the same reply before. But when David's older brother, man, I tell you, oh, Ed. You know, some people don't like it when you think God's going to help you today. And you just need to ignore it. I don't care if you're the only one out there. Psalm 3. In Psalm 3, wouldn't be hard to find this. Psalm 1, Psalm 2, Psalm 3. Psalm 3, David says this. He says, many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. In other words, God will not even help my mother. And she has to be cautious about hearing that. It may be your own voice. You're thinking, oh, God can't even help me. Don't listen to that. David turned right around the next verse when he said he'd heard those voices that God can't help you. He said, but thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. Don't listen to those voices. Well, here we are here. His brothers were saying, well, you're just being naughty. Look what they said. Uh, What are you doing here? Anyway, he demanded. What about those sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know what a cocky brat you are. You just want to see the battle. Now look at David. He goes, what have I done now? I was only asking a question. And David did the right thing. Look what he does. He walked over to some others and asked them the same thing and received the same answer. When it was finally realized what David meant, someone told King Saul and the king sent for him. Now watch what David said. And this is what we should do facing no matter what we're faced with today. Your worst troubles, the things that are distracting you right now from even enjoying the service this morning. And it's always problems. It could be a pain. It could be whatever. It makes no difference. God wants you well. I mean, who wouldn't want one of these little, little, little ones to be all right? We want one of these little ones to limp and hurt this morning. We're trying to care for them. And any of us today, if we knew something was really hard on our hearts and stuff like that, you know, I would do my best to say, look, you don't need to worry about that. God's going to fix that for you. He will. So anyway, look what he says to Saul. Don't worry about a thing. David told him, I'll take care of this Philistine. Well, did David have a vision? Nope. See, David wasn't even on the shores of Galilee and got to see Jesus. How many times have you heard, well, if I, just, if I could just see Jesus, if, if Jesus would just come to my house. Well, the scripture actually says he is at your house now. He's with you and I now. David never saw the Lord, but he certainly saw him helping him all the time. Hey, I'll take care of this listening. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. How can a kid like you fight with a man like him? You're only a boy, and he's been in the army ever since he was a boy. But David persisted. Now, I want you to watch closely. David didn't just go, well, I just feel like I might get lucky today. No, this is count your blessings. Look where you've come from. Look what God has done. Look what he says. David persisted. When I was taking care of my father's sheep, he said, and a lion or a bear comes and grabs a lamb from the flock. Mm. See, even Jesus talked about the good shepherd 
The good shepherd's not like the bad shepherd. When he sees the wolf coming, he flees. He said, a bear comes, a lion comes, grabs a lamb. I go after it. Look at this. And I, with a club, and I take the lamb from its mouth. If it turns on me, I catch it by the jaw, and I club it to death. I don't know if you've been to the zoo lately or not, but a lion is something you don't want to mess with. I'll take Myrna's bees over that lion anytime. You know what I mean? Dear Lord, a lion is like, are you kidding me? But you know what? We have Daniel in the lion's den. And if that's not enough, you've got uh, in 2 Timothy, uh, Paul writes and he says, The Lord saved me from the mouth of the lion. I mean, Nero and all those Caesars back then, they didn't care much for Christians. Club it to death? Yeah. He said, I have done this to both lions and bears. And I'll do it to this heathen Philistine too. Oh man, maybe his brother's right, you cocky brat. David was not even thinking about being a cocky brat. Remember, he said, who is this Philistine that he defies the armies of the living God? Well, of course, David was a pastor of a church. He was not. You know, the only thing David had going for him, someone came to Jesus to challenge him one time. And he said, Lord, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your strength. What's this about loving God? Well, we love him because he first loved us. David, as a child here, he knew based on the lion and the bear, and he would rescue one of his lambs. It ain't going to do me any good to watch one of my lambs get killed. My daddy's not going to like that. My daddy's going to think I'm a wimp or whatever. And David learned that it was the Lord. It wasn't luck. So watch what he says. The Lord who saved me from the claws and teeth of the lion and the bear will save me from this Philistine. How do you know? Let me tell you how you know. This has been in your Bible for centuries. This story has been here ever since it happened, which it happened probably around, I think it was 800 uh, B.C. Could have been 1300 B.C. is right when the first kings of Israel. That's how old this is. And it's certainly not a fairy tale. Okay. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead. Now, why would a king send this boy out there? He knew that they had lost their faith in God to help them. He knew it. And he said, look what he said. See, he knew. And may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. And this is kind of funny. David put it on, strapped a sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn anything like this. Let me scroll down. Watch this. Oh, listen. Look at this. This is just funny. Can you imagine this? I can hardly move. I don't need a 25-pound weight on a spear. And he took them off. Then he picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them in his shepherd's bag, armed only with his shepherd's staff and a sling, and started out across to Goliath. Now, I love movies and whatever, and I tell you what, when this little boy's going across there, here comes our music being played. If this was in Hollywood, they'd be piping the good stuff, you know. What do you think all of a sudden David's going to get killed? Well, we know better. We know better. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this nice little red-cheeked boy. Now, is there anything with details right now that we could do? Yeah, yeah. We can do what David did. We can not worry about our problems and we can face them and we think, you know what, I'm going to overcome this. 
Besides that, Revelation tells us that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And anyway, the giant says, Am I a dog? He roared at David. That you come to me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here. Now I want you to watch the comparison of what they both say to each other. Come over here, David. I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals. Goliath yelled. Now, I want you to see something right here. David writes about this in the book of Psalms. And it's our fault for not reading the book of Psalms. You know, we need to know what David was telling. Did you know David, he was the first one to instigate choir directors. I want the choirs to be singing and I want you to direct them. And David said, by the way, I want you to sing this and I better hear it in the morning. And they would sing. That's where you get all these psalms from. People around Jerusalem, because they didn't have AMF and radios, but you got close enough, you could hear those choirs going, and you didn't hear sad songs. You heard, I will call upon the name of the Lord, so shall I be saved from my enemies. You also heard, He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear any evil, because you're with me. And goodness and mercy are mine today. And that was being piped all the time. Silly kings after Solomon turned the radio off. They quit the choir directing. They quit the music and stuff. Started worshiping other idols. And guess what? Boom. Nation went down. Other nations came in and took control. This is so easy to get. So David shouted and replied, You come to me with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of the armies of heaven and of Israel, the very God whom you have defied. Notice so far we haven't seen one prayer David prayed. He hasn't questioned whether or not God would help him or not. He knows God will help him. He says, Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you, and cut off your head. Then I will give the dead bodies of your men. Now Goliath said, I'm just going to kill your body. David said, I'm going to kill your whole army. You know. And uh, the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals. and the ho- Look at this, the whole world. See, we're scared of this today. We're scared Jesus is not going to help us. And that is so foolish. Lay your, like joy, it's nothing but a melody. Lay, pour your heart out to God and don't move till you get that answer. Don't move. Stay with it. Grace, you'll get your fish. Hallelujah. You know, hallelujah. Your granddaddy's just like it. I hate going out there fishing. All of a sudden you're going, I ain't catching anything. I'm, I'm, in the name of Jesus, praise God, I'm going to catch a fish. And just stay after it. Anyway, Israel will learn that God does not... No, anyway, excuse me. The whole world will know there's a God in Israel. And Israel will learn that the Lord does not depend on weapons to fulfill His plans. He works without regard to human means. He will give you to us. Notice David wasn't backing off. He said, well, you know, if it works, it works. If it don't, it don't. No, you're dead, Goliath. You're dead. You're dead. And as Goliath approached, David ran to meet him. Wow. Reaching into his shepherd's bag, he took out a stone, hurled it from his sling. Now, we're almost done with this chapter, and i got one more place to look, and this is, this is fantastic. He hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in, and the man fell on his face to the ground. Now, remember, he ain't dead. He's just been hit in the head. Watch what happens. So neat to see these facts. He fell on his face to the ground, Goliath. So David conquered the Philistine giant with a sling and a stone. Since he had no sword, he ran over, pulled Goliath from his sheath, 
and killed him with it, then cut off his head. Whoa. When the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they turned and ran. The Israelis gave a great shout of triumph and they rushed after the Philistine. This chapter is about over with. Watch closely. Why do we have the details? The bodies of the dead and wounded Philistines were strewn all along the road to Arab, whatever. Then the Israeli army returned and plundered the deserted uh, Philistine camp. Later on, David took Goliath's head. Gross. Of course, I killed deer. I have it mounted on the wall. What's the difference? Anyway, he took Goliath's head to Jerusalem, but he stored his armor in his tent. I'll tell you what David was like. That armor's mine. He kept it all. Watch this. This is just like real life. Watch this. Saul, that's the king, was watching David go out to fight Goliath. He didn't just hear it on the news. He was watching. Don't you know he really was watching? And he asked Abner, that was his uncle, the general of his army. He says, Abner, what sort of family does this young fella come from? Abner said, I don't know. And he said, well, find out, the king told him. Now, this is so neat. Watch this. After David killed Goliath, Abner brought him to Saul with a Philistine's head still in his hand. This kid is like, I told you, I told you, I told you. Do I get my pick on which daughter is going to be mine? Now listen to this, this is, it's almost funny. Saul says this, tell me about your father, my boy. And David replies, his name is Jesse and we live in Bethlehem. So what? It's all about this little boy knew God would help him all the time. All right, one last place. And I tell you what, when you read, well, I got it up here. You have first, first Kings doesn't have a whole lot about David. It's mostly Solomon. It just starts out with David. And actually, it's a great little story at the start. His son is trying to anoint himself as king because David's really an old man. He's about to die. And that tells you something. David lived a long time. You're going to live a long time too. God will do the same thing for you. But anyway, First and Second Samuel is nothing but David. And he escapes death all the time. Just like Psalm 91 will tell you, you'll do the same thing. I don't care what kind of doctor report you get or any bad news you get, whether it's financial destruction or it's friend destruction or whatever, if you will do what David did and all he did was like, God, i got to have help. And God would help him. Okay, let's go to uh, one last place. This is over in Isaiah. Let's just see what happens here. Isaiah, and this time we're going to chapter, uh, chapter 55. You'll be amazed at how many common things you see in 55, but I want to point out one thing. We're going to look through it, but I just want you to see this. Watch this. Say there, is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Now, didn't we hear the Lord tell us that? All that are thirsty, come unto me. He also said, if you're burdened and heavy laden, come unto me and I'll give you what? Rest. Rest. Okay. Even if you have no money, come take your choice of wine and milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that doesn't give you strength? Why pay for groceries that do you no good? Listen and I'll tell you where to get good food that fattens up the soul. Verse 3. Watch this closely. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen. Let me scroll up. Excuse me. Listen for the life of your soul is at stake. I am ready to make an everlasting covenant with you. Look at this. To give you all the unfailing mercies and love 
that I had for King David. That is so fantastic. I mean, why else do we know the story about David and Goliath? Yeah, lucky for you, David. Yeah, I can't wait to go to heaven. I want to ask you about it. David's going to shake his head and go, you didn't do what I did. He said, I started out as a kid. I took out Goliath. He proved my power by conquering foreign nations. Well, God, you don't want me to do anything like that. Uh, you, yes, it, the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro on the face of the earth. That verse is written in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, and God is telling it to one of David's great, 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 great grandkids who was an absolute dummy of a king. Wouldn't trust the Lord. And God was saying, if you just ask me, I'll get Sennacherib off your back. I'll get that other kingdom that's trying to kill you off of you. Other kings would do the right thing and say, Lord, we're going to have your help. Like Jehoshaphat and others. But anyway, you also will command the nations and they will come running to obey. Not because of your own power or virtue, but because I, the Lord, uh, God, have glorified you. Now, I'm curious. I'm not too sure that... He says, I'll give the unfailing mercies and love that uh, I had for King David. Are you sure that's mine? Well, watch these next verses. Do we think these verses are ours? Absolutely. Here's that one right here. And this is short. Watch closely. Seek the Lord while you may find him. Call upon him while he's near. Well, hello. Man, I hear that almost every church service I've ever been to. Call upon him while he's near. Men cast off their wicked deeds. Let them banish them from their minds, the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that He may have mercy on them. And to our God, He will abundantly pardon. I'll say, He'll give me everything He gave David. Praise the Lord. This plan of mine is not what you would work out, neither, for, neither are my thoughts the same as yours. In other words, that verse, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. That's where it comes from. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. Now, it's fixing to get so strong here in a minute, you will think, you will think it has to do with heaven, but it doesn't. Watch closely. All right, Evelyn, help me out now. Okay, here we go. Watch this. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than yours. As the rain and snow come down from heaven and stay on the ground and water the earth and, ca and cause the grain to grow and produce seed to the farmer and bread to the hungry, so is my word. Now think about this. All the things we heard today, that word, it has to work for me and my mom and for Aaron and everybody in this room. Because God sent it for that very reason. Now this is just so strong. Look at this part here. He says... Oh, It'll accomplish what I want and prosper wherever I send it. Just like today. Here's the last two verses. Watch this closely. Look at this. Can you imagine this? Now we sing this in our wonderful Christmas song. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Second verse. He says, For as the curse is found. And he says, No more let thorns well, I ain't got nothing to do with the thorns. I mean, you know, I can do it. I mean, I, would you be quiet? You've got the sure mercies of David. You can stop this stuff. Now watch this and see if it belongs to you and I. Of course it does. You will live in joy and peace. The mountains and the hills and trees and fields, all the world around you will rejoice. Where there once were thorns, fir trees will grow up. Where the briars grew, the myrtle trees will sprout up. This miracle will make the Lord's name very great and be an everlasting sign of God's power and love. Now that's where we are today. 
And how you get a hold of that? Just pray. Like Joy's song. You know, it's nothing but a melody to God. You know, he's like, okay, we need to help Richard. You know, we've got to help Phil. We've got to help Bob, Myrna, all of us in this room. And God will do it. Praise the Lord. I tell you what, I, I need to stop. But I mean, it's just the amazing stories. When you follow, since you know you've got the mercies of David. And you go back and you read those Sunday school lessons, as somebody would call it. That's okay. You go read those stories, and it's countless over and over and over and over. David was protected. And then no wonder you read in the book of Psalms and you go, he's talking about it here. He's talking about it here. He'll do it for you. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you. By your stripes we're healed. If, if we're not feeling good or whatever, just something just aching in our bodies, we'll know you take care of that. David said you would. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and also within me. Bless His holy name, forget not all His benefits, who forgives all our iniquities and heals all our diseases. Lord, same thing's true financially. We're not going to be broke. David said again, he said, I've been young and been old and never seen the righteous forsaken. Lord, if it's not money, if it's not uh, our health or whatever, but just something else, and it's just a problem just looming over us, Lord, get us out. Lord, that doesn't leave anything left, but like you said in your word here, it's an everlasting sign of your help for us so we can help tell others about Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, amen. Yay. Come blow my candles out. Chill.